It's that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Welcome to a Thursday edition of Sports Talker. Had some connection issues logging in with Skype, but we're good now and we're going live. Uh, Yates, how are you? Doing well. How about you? Doing well. We've got Brundy in the uh, studio yet again. He is available for today. So, and, you know, not that you're a very vi- busy man <laughs> when you come back to visit, but uh, he's coming back to join us. The, the 20 minutes he gave us yesterday. I apologize in advance for anything I say later. No, it's it's, it's <laughs> my show. You've listened to it a lot, so no apologies needed. Anyways, I uh, should have an exciting show for you today. Another absolutely gorgeous day in Kentucky. I don't know how long this is going to continue, but hopefully forever and hopefully just pushes right through the winter into the spring. I doubt that happens. But anyways, a uh, lot to talk about today, and I look forward to being able to talk about it with somebody in studio and, and here. Uh Big night, big TV last, big TV night last night that I kind of talked about yesterday. Uh, the season finale of Big Brother, which was won by Derek for you Big Brother fans out there, uh, the most obvious winner in any reality competition show that I've ever watched. Everybody, it was clear that he was going to win from virtually after the first week of the show, and it, it went chalk the rest of the way. And the start of Survivor. Uh, which is a classic CBS show that I, I feel a lot more people are uh, familiar with. That started yesterday. Should, it seems like it's going to be an entertaining season. They have family members together, but they put the family members on different tribes, and uh, well, chaos ensued. Uh, Brandy, if you were to be on a reality TV show, which one would you choose? I had some friends that actually pushed me to be on The Bachelor, but uh, I actually did a little research into it, and... Even uh, or like a contestant as like on the Bachelorette, but e- unless you're the actual Bachelor, apparently it requires some money to actually be on the Bachelor. Nobody really wants a a, a mid twenties guy who is not from a rich family and doesn't drive a a Bentley. So I considered being a contestant on the Bachelorette, but it seems like the media can really paint you in any any way, shape, or form that they want. And I, I know a couple of people that have actually had that happen to them, and it turned out to be a negative light. So that's something I, I think that I'm just gonna. Stick with my uh, my regular nine to five job, huh? Uh, okay, I got a couple questions about this. So you looked into being on The Bachelor, but I guess you felt that they were they were looking for somebody with more. Well, no one's gonna pick The Bachelor that that isn't independently like wealthy because it seems like a lot of those guys have a whole lot of money and a lot of disposable income and come from kind of wealthy or well-to-do families. So I thought maybe I could just compete. For like the Bachelorette, mm-hmm. but the people that go on the Bachelorette don't make a whole lot of money, like if they make anything at all. And I really didn't have the leeway to to be able to take two three months off to to start filming this show. And even the Bachelorette herself only makes about a hundred thousand dollars. Like I know that's a lot of money, but that's the Bachelorette herself. That's that's what's the show's all about. But uh, man, I almost wish I, I wish you would have been on one of those <laughs> two shows, uh, the Bachelorette, uh, the. Whether you're on The Bachelorette as a guy or you're on The Bachelor as a girl, it just I, I don't even know what your mindset would be going into a show like that where you're basically competing for one girl. And then when it gets down to the end of the show, when there's you know five contestants left, 
it's clear that she has uh, or he has hooked up with all of those contestants <laughs> and and then when it, even when it gets down to three, then they've intimately hooked up and gone on these romant, very romantic dates. And then at the end, he, uh, he or she eventually just has to say, okay, well, you know, I've gotten to a little taste of both of you all. I'm going with <laughs> right. so-and-so. See you never. I mean, you're essentially person. Eskimo Brothers with an entire starting five of a basketball <laughs> team. That's, that's how I look at it. <laughs> that, that would see that. It's just, that, that's, I think that's partial, part of the reason why that TV show does so well. Uh, anyways... So you wouldn't pick The Bachelor to be on it. If you could be on any reality TV show, it wouldn't be The Bachelor. It would probably be something like Big Brother, Survivor. Yeah, I would definitely want something where I could make money. I don't think I'd go on a TV show to find love, especially right. a show with that kind of format. Uh, it seems I, like they pick more polarizing figures, with, like, especially with things like the real world. Like, oh, there's the stereotypical jacked guy who also happens to have a drug and drinking problem. <laughs> so would you and, consider the real world? No, no, it just... It just it seems like there's a lot more to lose and to gain, and I guess I need a drug and a drinking problem to, to fit that mold. So. <laughs> well, you hang out. With, not. <laughs> you hang out with our group of friends enough. The, the drinking problem will take care of itself. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, I think I would go with probably Survivor. Uh, it's probably what I, I I know the best. Also, it's a million dollar prize at the end versus five hundred thousand. You know, five hundred thousand right. chump change for us. We don't need that money that they give out on Big Brother. But uh, Survivor is what I. Feel like I'd probably be the best at it's a, it's a social game. You kind of control your own destiny. Where Big Brother, they have these crazy twists and turns. Right. So this and that. So uh, fun start to the show on reality shows. Yates, what 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 show would you be on if you if you had a choice? Um, I always wanted to be on Road Rules. Well, that back back Road when Rules that was a, a cool. popular. Don't you show. have to jump through one of the hoops with an, another TV show to get on that? No, well, that's real world Road oh, okay. Rules, and that is where they bring former Road Rules, the few that are left that are okay. under forty, <laughs> and other real world contestants, and it's basically just a a a, a competition show for real world alums. Uh, but Road Rules, I thought was really cool. I wish they'd bring that back. Uh, but what was it? Just one bus or two buses? And you basically lived on it and trial. It basically was like real world road rules, but you lived on a bus. Is that correct, Yates? Uh, pretty much, yeah. You'd, they would travel around wherever, whatever country they were in, and they'd, they'd have to do something at each of the stops. Not necessarily a competition, but I always thought it was a pretty interesting show. It was kind of like a, a, a bad boy Amazing Race. Amazing Race is another show which, for some reason, they moved to Fridays. Nobody's going to watch no. Amazing Race on Fridays. That'd be another show I think would be really cool because even if you lose and don't win anything, assuming you last for a little bit, you get to travel the world and see different things, I would assume, on CBS's pocket. So uh, that would be that would be a, another cool show. But a uh, fun little debate into reality TV shows to start today's show. We will talk sports, I promise. Uh, there's a Kentucky football game on Saturday that we've talked a lot about. There's a Louisville football game on Saturday that we've talked uh, almost nothing. Haven't haven't really mentioned it. Louisville takes on Wake Forest. We're going to sit here for a second. We'll give predictions. I'll give my prediction tomorrow. We'll be live at Oxmoor, so make sure you come out there. There's going to be free Saints pizza. It'll be a good time. Uh, so I'll give my predictions tomorrow. But can you believe that Louisville and Wake Forest played in an Orange Bowl a few years back? It's, uh, somebody, I, I saw it today. Uh, I saw somebody post it. It, it, it. He just said that he forgot all right. about it. I, I had forgotten all about it, too, until I saw something about it today. They played in an Orange Bowl against each other. And it was one of the uh, least viewed Orange Bowl or BCS Bowl <laughs> games ever. 
it's crazy to think that Wake Forest, just a few years back, was playing in the BCS Bowl, and now they're one of the maybe one of the worst teams in in college football this year. That's rough. But it's kind of crazy to think about the that they that they could make a BCS Bowl. But if you think about the teams in the ACC that have made uh, a BCS Bowl over the past few years, Duke has, and Duke's actually pretty pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. They've got a good coach and a good offense. Uh, but it's it's kind of crazy who's been able to win that conference and go on and have success. But Louisville take on Wake Forest. That's going to be a three thirty game at Papa John's, uh, a game that I, I feel that it, it seems like. Will Gardner's not going to play? I don't, I don't know if there's any more updates than that, Yates. Uh, right now it looks like he's still day-to-day, but uh, if you're a Louisville fan, you've got to be expecting to see somebody else out there, right? I would think so. I don't think he's practiced at all this week, and I believe Bobby Petrino said yesterday that Reggie Bonifon was ready to start if Will didn't play. So, I mean, if he hasn't practiced yet, it's looking very unlikely that he'll play on Saturday. Again, it, it seems like Louisville's trying to keep that injury under wraps uh, with what's going on with Will Gardner. It's going to be interesting to see uh, who exactly starts it. If it is Reggie Bonifon, what happens when Gardner's healthy? Uh, who does Louisville go with, obviously? I guess that kind of depends on how Bonifon does Saturday if he does indeed start. But after this Wake Forest game, the schedule starts to get pretty tough for Louisville. You, go, you have back-to-back road games at Syracuse, at Clemson. Those won't necessarily be easy games either one. Obviously, the, the Clemson game is going to be extremely tough. Uh, I'm curious to see. It, it might be that Will Gardner is going to be out an extended amount of time, so you don't worry about it, and Reggie Bonifon goes on and plays. But if that is the case, then even more pressure on him to look good against Wake Forest, start to get, them, get some rhythm so he can have some confidence going on the road uh, because both quarterbacks didn't look good at Virginia, but as it sits right now, Louisville three and one should have no problem moving to four and one before they kind of get to the thick part of their schedule. Uh, kind of disappointed that I've only been able to go to one Louisville football game this year. I know that there's only been two, but I won't be able to go to the Wake Forest game because I'll be in Lexington covering it. Uh, with that being said, sorry, I was getting some text in the show from Clay B116 and got distracted there for a little bit. That being said, Louisville football games are one of the best social events in Louisville. They're a good time. As long as you wear uh, black or red, I think that you'll have a great time no matter Have how. you had some bad experiences in Papa John's Cardinal Stadium? No, I just I just don't want to poke the bear at all. I mean, I'd, I'd be just as passionate about my team if I was a UVL fan. and I, I try to wear as neutral colors as, as I can when I when I attend a, a highly UFL-attended event. I mean, unless it's UK UFL, then I, I do try to dress pretty neutral, but I guess I'm... In, if you're, if it's UK UFL, you don't wear No, if it's blue. UK UFL, okay. I definitely wear blue. I'm very forward about that, but uh, I try to be as neutral as possible and be one of those, uh, I guess, understanding UK fans. I don't want to yeah. put in that box. I, I, I'll go on the record saying this. I know some UK fans will disagree. Uh I think it's idiotic if you're going to a Louisville Wake Forest game or a Louisville sporting event where they're not playing UK and you come wearing decked out in UK gear. Now, I guess if you even really have, I kind of have a small problem with even if you wanted to wear a UK hat or a UK shirt, uh, it's just, it, it looks like you're you're looking to... Like trolling. Like, yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's like, what's the point? What are you trying to do? It, you just kind of come off as trying to look cute, which I don't think is uh, smart or funny or the right thing to do and I say the same same thing if a Louisville fan were to go to a Kentucky Florida game and, and wear a Louisville hat or a Louisville shirt I guess if you wanted to wear maybe one article clothing 
you know, maybe you don't have anything else to wear. <laughs> but if you come decked out head to toe in UK stuff and you're kind of talking trash, then you're a loser and you shouldn't be there. And for the most part, Louisville's crowd to, to I think even to opposing fans, UK is kind of an exception because it's a rival. But even to oppose, uh, opposing fans, for what I've, from what I've seen for the most part, as long as Louisville's winning and those fans have beer in their hand, they're pretty friendly. For That's them. a good point. Uh, I, I think they're generally happy uh, as long as they're, they're thrilled with the results. Now, I was at the Central Florida game last year for Louisville where they blew that game. And obviously, I wasn't wearing Central Florida stuff or anything. I just wore a normal shirt or whatever it may be. Uh, fans were not happy. They were kind of going after each other at that okay. point, Louisville fans, which uh, they can be quick to turn on each other. Uh, and it's well, it's not a problem that's just endemic to, to Louisville, where where people wear opposing teams' jerseys. I was at the Southern Methodist University, the SMU Texas A and M game last week, um, tailgating. They actually call it Boulevarding. It's right on SMU Boulevard. It's one of the most fun places I I can imagine tailgating for a game, other than the Grove. Uh, in Ole Miss, or uh, or maybe at an Auburn Alabama game, but uh, there were there were people in LSU gear, Baylor gear, which Baylor's not too far from from SMU in Dallas. But uh, you you had you saw a lot of different a lot of different schools represented, and and maybe it wasn't any malintent. It was just people that felt the need to to wear their wear their school colors, and the, the LSU guy in particular had on um, purple and gold. Uh, pajama pants that they were tiger striped and he yeah, was he was those. being uh, he was quite proud of of his school. Now I, I've known a lot of Louisville fans that have gone to uh, the SEC basketball tournament because they're generally in pretty cool destinations, whether right. that's Atlanta, New Orleans, or Nashville. Generally, it's one of those three. Uh, so I've had some Louisville fans that have gone to SEC tournaments and worn their Louisville stuff, but not to the games, just around the city and when they're watching Louisville play in the Big East or AAC or Conference USA or whatever conference they're in that given year, they wear the they wear their team gear, and that's okay. You can't put a hold on a city. If right. a UK fan wanted to go to New York for the Big East tournament a few years back and wear UK stuff, you're, that, that's free to do. I just think if you show up to another team's stadium wearing other teams' gear, especially rival gear, right. you kind of come off as a nerd. Now, I did go to a Colts game one time when they were playing the Titans, and it was week 17 of the year, uh, and I guess this was maybe 2010 or 11, and uh, somehow got tickets and went to it. Green Bay was looking to clinch the NFC North that day. Actually, I think just a playoff spot. So I did wear a Green Bay jersey to that game. Now, Indianapolis and Green Bay are not rivals. No. Uh, Green Bay had something to play for that day, and I basically watched more of the Green Bay game on my phone than I did pay attention to the Colts <laughs> game in front of me. So I'm kind of breaking my own rule there, but they're not rivals. So you can't get upset of that too much. But you did bring up a couple of other interesting points. Uh, well, not really about what I wanted to talk about, but it'd be a nice segues. Something about SMU and Emmanuel Moutier, and he's playing overseas, obviously. Uh, I did want to talk about that today. And also just all this Louisville talk made me think about Louisville's basketball jerseys that are floating around on Twitter, and they are ugly. I need to see these. Uh, seen the, in, in my opinion, they are not not a great look. But the, we'll, we'll, the basketball jerseys? Basketball jerseys. Okay. The football jerseys that they're going to wear against Florida State, the gray ones, I really like. Uh, but the basketball jerseys kind of seem like a, a swing and a miss from Adidas. So we'll go to commercial. We'll come back, talk about those jerseys. We'll talk about UK and Vandy and plenty of other stuff here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Stick around. Yeah, 
You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. I, I swear, Brunny, if you just want to be my show's producer, come up with my topics every day <laughs> and remind me what I need to talk about, that'd be fantastic. Because during the break, he just rattled off a list of things that uh, I had almost forgotten to talk about, which is kind of embarrassing. But uh, when you're... I have somebody to keep you in line. Yeah, you know? when uh, it's easy for me to lose track. I, sometimes I feel like my mind is that of a 70-year-old. Anyways, we had uh, Little Bag text into the show and say that he's also hearing that Gardner could be out four to six weeks. If that's true, then it's the, the Reggie Bonifant show uh, starting Saturday, and I, I would imagine that would be something that he would finish the year because at that point, playing Clemson, Florida State, some of those tough teams, you might as well finish off the year with him with at Notre Dame and at Kentucky. Louisville's schedule is really back-heavy towards the end of the year. Anyways, I, I need to get need to talk about this. Eric Bledsoe getting paid five-year, $70 million deal to stay with the Suns. Unbelievable amount of money. It makes Calipari's raise look uh, small by comparison. I, I Really, when I, when I saw that, I had to refresh my timeline to see if anybody else was tweeting it yesterday because I thought it wasn't real. For Eric Bledsoe to get paid that much money, in my opinion, is absolutely ridiculous and shows that the NBA, te- NBA teams will just fling around money all willy-nilly. Uh, what was I, I mean, I can't believe it. He's not a player that deserves that type of money. And uh, I love Eric Bledsoe as a rags-to-riches story. I don't think any, any Calipari recruit has had a tougher upbringing than Eric Bledsoe had. Uh, no, I don't think any Calipari recruit has received as much scrutiny as Eric Bledsoe did. Uh, he was a fun player to watch at Kentucky, a really, really good player. He had the famous quote that when he committed to Kentucky, somebody asked, well, how are you and John Wall going to play together if he were to commit? John Wall was not committed at that time, if I'm not mistaken. And he said, me and John will get poop right, but he didn't say poop. Right. And said that on uh, live radio. It also just had his presser and uh, hilarious for an 18-year-old to say that, and he did it. Uh, so a lot to like about Eric Bledsoe, but he's just not worth that kind of money. Well, with with a new collective bargaining agreement uh, and shorter contracts, it it it's, it works twofold. It really saves the teams from themselves, and as well as it it turns out to be helpful for players because they can they can enter the we can re-enter free agency whenever the national t- TV contract um, brings the cap brings the cap up, and mm-hmm. so that that'll help. Um, that'll just create a large a large number of teams with eight figure deals to to lavish in. And, and here's another point: is if he if he didn't get that money with the Suns, uh, he would have gotten it somewhere else because you've got a lot of bad teams in the NBA that have money to spend, and if you don't spend it this year, and, and you know a team like uh, I think he was between Phoenix and Minnesota, Minnesota's not going to lure a huge target, uh, a huge free agent. I mean, there's just no way they're going to be able to. So they have money to throw around, and you might as well spend it on a nice up-and-coming guard like Eric Bledsoe. So he would have gotten it somewhere, and I say that he doesn't deserve that money. I guess you deserve whatever money people want to give you and think that you're worth on the free on the free market, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, he did average 17 points, just under six assists, uh, nearly 18 points, and, and five rebounds a game. Uh, good numbers for a guard. Uh, of Eric Bledsoe's size, six one, I, I kind of wanted him to go somewhere else. As somebody that 
when you watch Kentucky, when you watch Kentucky players at UK and they go to the NBA, I'm always selfishly wanting them to be on either big market teams, so they're on TV, or at least teams in the Eastern Conference, because then you can get them on uh, Fox Sports throughout the local TV shows. Uh, so as a UK fan wanting to watch Eric Bledsoe, for UK fans out there wanting to see him, he's going to not probably be on TV a lot. The Suns aren't going to be a great team. And uh, he won't. He he just won't be on TV that much. Well, right with with Bledsoe uh, getting paid that much, he's now the the league's sixth highest paid point guard, and he's only had one season as a full time starter. That's two knee surgeries, and he's never logged um, even two thousand minutes in a in any season. But uh, that's a huge win for Bledsoe and his age. And I'd, I'd love to, to meet that guy and have him get me out of some pinches if I ever ever needed it. I bet the agent is thrilled. So you've got DeMarcus Cousins, who's getting, uh, I think, four years, $63 million. I think John Wall, somewhere around five years, $80 million. Patrick Patterson, some eight, eight, uh, three years, $18 million. Uh, he's kind of, who would have thought out of, you know, if you go back 10 years and you look at, not even 10 years, but if you go back to when all these guys were in uh, high school commits or high school recruits, how much money they could be making in the NBA. I don't know if anybody would have said Patrick Patterson would be one making the fewest. Right, yeah. Uh, but that, that's how you have it. Uh, Calipari players absolutely getting paid big time. Uh, the Kentucky effect was trending in Louisville yesterday, <laughs> and my girlfriend turned to me last night and was saying, "What's why is the Kentucky effect trending in Louisville? What does that even mean? So I had to explain to her that UK fans, I think Calipari is one that came up, of, up with it, said, there is this such thing as the Kentucky effect, where if you go to Kentucky, you play at Kentucky, your value is higher. Uh, you are you, you you come off as a better player. I think scouts would agree with that too. And there's a there's an aura that that Calipari's done his homework with these players and sees that these are guys that that can jump into the NBA and that he can get hopefully one great year out of two great years out of, and then they're good enough to play in the league. And I think that he kind of does the legwork for them. And, and really finding out what these players' strengths and weaknesses are, developing them as much as he can, and then sending them on to the next level. And if it, and more so that it, it, it's a belief that if you can succeed at Kentucky as a college player and handle that big stage, then you can handle the, the media attention, the scrutiny that comes with being an NBA player. Right. And there is some truth of that. If when an NBA when a when a player like Eric Bledsoe goes to Kentucky and uh, Eric Bledsoe and even Michael Kidd Gilchrist who had kind of a, a fear of public speaking but Eric Bledsoe didn't necessarily have that fear he just wasn't as polished with media uh, when they leave Kentucky and with with Michael Kidd Gilchrist it was clear as day because I covered that team uh, when he came in uh, he would hate talking to media to a point where he'd give one or two word answers and, and with Eric Bledsoe or with Michael Kidd Gilchrist he's as articulate as they come. Uh, he's smart, he's genuine, he's nice, he cares about the media. He just would kind of break down and, and shut down. When he left Kentucky, he came up to the reporters afterwards and, and, and thanked them, not me personally, I wasn't in that group of people he came up to, but thanked them personally for everything he's, they've done for him that year and, and how much better he's gotten. And they actually had a conversation. He invited Brett Dawson to his uh, after-draft party, Brett did not attend because it was an 18-year-old's draft party. I don't know if uh, a 38-year-old, 39-year-old journalist would really fit in and that right fit in at one of those parties at a club in New York City. But uh, <laughs> that was fun to watch him grow. 
pro. But there's a Kentucky effect because now you've got Eric Bledsoe in Phoenix, you've got Michael Kidd, Gilchrist in Charlotte, and there's no doubt that when they were at UK, they had more media members interviewing them at any given media opportunity than they do in the NBA. Right. NBA, it might be one guy coming up to talk to them just because they've got an interest story or maybe they had a good game. Maybe you get more if you certainly have a good game, but those are small marketplaces where they like the NBA, they care about the NBA, but it's not Kentucky basketball. So there is some truth to the Kentucky effect. And now, when it comes to players getting paid, I'm not so sure. But if there was a, a example of that being true, it'd be Eric Bledsoe. Because like you mentioned, he's only been a starter one year, and I don't even know if that was a full year. You can make a case that uh, Drogic, I know that he was hurt, was debatably a, is debatably a better guard than Eric Bledsoe. Uh, he backed up Chris Paul for a few years when he was with the Clippers. <laughs> you, you know, he and he was... He wasn't even Eric Bledsoe wasn't even the best guard on his team at Kentucky. All almost everywhere he's been, he's debatably been the second tier guard on that team on his team, uh, but still getting paid like you said the sixth highest guard six contract, highest point, man, right. a point guy, point guard, unbelievable uh, for him to have it. So the Kentucky effect is obviously just a, recru- a recruiting uh, strategy for Calipari, but there might be some truth to it. So that was unbelievable to see him make that amount of money uh and, and good for him again at, at one point he was living in a car as a high school basketball player and now making big money and and brandy you're getting to experience the first time the lawnmowers that will literally come up close to the window to cut grass i understand the effect I mean, landscaping does look great out here though so i guess it's a small price to pay for it, a, it lush, does, a lush green it does but don't don't they know that the, the sports talkers going on can't they just Cut Someone it out. Should tell them. It literally cut it out. Joey, Glad- <laughs> Joey Gladstone. Uh, anyway, oh, and we've got the windows open so we can see them. And, well, actually, the windows are not open, but the blinds are open. Awfully close to my car. Maybe need to keep an eye on that live play of the landscapers <laughs> doing their job. Anyways, we'll we'll move on. Uh, so, it, going to anything else you want to say on Eric Bledsoe? Any other topics uh, that you have on mind here? No, not not about Bledsoe so much. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about Moutier or maybe the NFL for a little bit. It's a well, yeah, it's your it, show, it, so. you you did bring up uh, Emmanuel Moutier, and obviously he's going to China. I think on a, a million dollar contract right. and getting he's got a three million dollar uh, endorsement deal, according to one source, with Under Armour. And Under Armour, he played for Under Armour AAU in the Under Armour AAU circuit, uh, which you know people are talking about Antonio Blank needy committing to Louisville right. because of Nike and all yeah. that. Uh, there is some truth to shoe companies and all that good stuff. So Manu- Emmanuel Moutier is leaving, and that's that's not news. That's not new, uh, and I've, I've spoken with that before. But you do have recruits saying, hey, I might do it too. And one's a big one in Jalen Brown, who is one of UK's top targets. He's considering making the move to uh, chi- or overseas, not necessarily China. Uh, Scal Labissier, who is a – uh, senior in in Memphis, around Memphis area. Actually, I think lives in Mississippi, but that's right on the border of Memphis. Uh, he said he's he would consider going overseas and, and skipping college basketball. Uh, Brendy, when you see Emmanuel Moutier making this type of money, if you were a top recruit in the country, if you were a top basketball recruit in the country, and, and place yourself outside of Kentucky, because when you grow up in Kentucky, basketball, college basketball means a little bit more to, right. to us. But imagine you were a, a big recruit that lived in, you know, Ohio, Tennessee, 
just for example, would uh, would you consider making money instantly and, and not uh, you know not having to put up with the NCAA's uh, all the rules and and I mean it certainly it certainly becomes more and more attractive and I, I'm not sure of his family situation but uh, and he is a bit of a trailblazer I'd say in this regard it's because he he's quoted as saying well, at first he was really nervous like I don't know about this but now he's he's looking at, as they started talking about the deals and the money and it became more concrete and more more tangible to him it, it, he seemed a lot more on board with it and I think he's sticking to his guns I don't know. I don't know how it would be to. I'd obviously be the tallest person and one of the tallest people in China. That that might be kind of cool, <laughs> but um, yeah, if the money if the money is really what you're after to get to put yourself in a better position and you can you believe you can ultimately get to the get back to the league, then that might be a sacrifice you're willing to make. I mean, you've seen some other guys do this: skip college and go get money right away. Brandon Jennings was one of the biggest ones that right. comes to mind. Uh, so it's not completely. Uh, it is still rare, but there have been people that have done it before. And a lot of UK fans have asked me, how 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 worried should we be about Jalen Brown possibly not only not picking Kentucky, but not picking any college and going overseas? And is this something that top recruits are going to do year in year up? Because this would hurt Kentucky if it was something that they would do. Because one, they don't have to decide if they want to go overseas until June or even right. July if they had to, so they wouldn't have to sign anywhere. So we could get burned at the exactly. On the back Kentucky could have all their and, yeah. all their eggs in a basket that eventually, you know, falls through for nothing. Uh, I it it really does depend on Emmanuel Moody because this is a new case study here. This he's gonna he's gonna kind of decide what's gonna happen. And and don't get it don't get it wrong. Emmanuel Moody had some troubles. Uh, he uh, he said that his family needed money. I, I won't disagree with that. I don't know. Uh, but there was some academic questions. He went to Prime Prep in, I believe, Dallas, okay. uh, which is run by Deion Sanders, that the Texas High School Association, whatever it may be, basically said, these courses do not fit our needs. These don't count. <laughs> they said that about a couple courses. Yeah. Uh, there was questions if Emmanuel Moody was going to be eligible anywhere. And then also there was some uh, amateur questions whether or not he was making some money on the side right. uh, maybe you know getting some money somewhere along the lines so there were questions and he was all scheduled to go to SMU he was signed mm-hmm. uh, he had committed there he had committed there over Kentucky which is kind of crazy to think that a guy can go to SMU over UK and it might have been proximity too for him but if if, if recruiting issues would have been an is- um, a problem and later on then maybe maybe that's just something he didn't want to even deal with and he thought he could get it swept under the rug if there was there was some exactly. some dirt on him there. He he was planning to go to SMU all the way through until he wasn't, and, mm-hmm. and something happened to make him to push him that way. So again, there was other circumstances. There was a chance he wasn't going to get to play college basketball regardless. So there was other circumstances that possibly could have kept him out of SMU, and I think that's a big factor in some of these other recruits. But what he does in China will dictate could this actually be a real trend that you're going to see top players do if he goes to China. Puts up good numbers, uh, has success, gets a following. We hear about him over here, and we hear about, oh, Emmanuel Moutier has another double-double. He's doing this, he's doing that. He gets drafted top three, top five, and then it's going to be a while. But if he has a good year or two in the NBA, maybe wins rookie of the year, then you're going to have college athletes saying, well, what's the point? I can go do this. I can go get money right now. I don't need the NCAA's exposure. I don't need to have a deep NCAA tournament run. I can go do that. Uh, get paid right away. If it happens enough, I think that really will force the hand of the NCAA to, to 
really change about how they look at uh, look at how players go through. I mean, for better or worse, I think there will be an overhaul if that if that. I mean, that again, five, ten years down the road, but. I think that could really change the face of the NCAA if this comes to fruition. Yeah, and also if the NCAA right now is a mess, no, nobody would tell you otherwise. Right. If things get worse with the NCAA and you, you hear more about stupid situations and Emmert doing something stupid, then maybe maybe that would be – not even that you know they have to make new rules to accommodate for players going in, but maybe if they – just keep doing what they're doing. More players feel the need to get away from the NCAA. And then at that point, the NCAA would have to make change. So I do agree with you there. Rob Blackhawk tweets in and says, the guy on your show right now seems pretty smart. Uh, that's, that's, just, that's just the radio. It adds, adds IQ points. <laughs> it adds IQ. The yeah, camera adds weight. Yeah. And, and, and IQ uh, the radio adds IQ. And then it sounds like I got into the right business. But <laughs> uh, I, we could crank it up a little bit more. But I don't see Jalen Brown doing it. I don't see – Scalabissier is an interesting case because uh, he was going to transfer schools. He's got a guardian that really likes to keep a close eye on his recruitment, and it's it's not a pretty situation. But uh, he was going to transfer schools. The Tennessee High School Athletic Association, whatever it's called down there, uh, said, no, you're transferring just for basketball reasons. We don't allow that. You have to have some other reason, hardship waiver, whatever it may be. Uh, so they denied him. So he couldn't, and he had already left the other school, so he couldn't get into a school to play basketball. Uh, and so the plan was his guardian said, well, we're just going to homeschool him. And then his guardian even came <laughs> said that he's going to create a prep school just out of the blue <laughs> and get other basketball players to come play for scouts one senior year. Uh, that obviously didn't happen and will not happen. So right now it seems like Scalabissier is not going to play any high school basketball yeah, for so, senior year. Somebody fooled me that way too. I'm still waiting to be homeschooled. I have about an eighth grade graduation level and still waiting to be homeschooled by that same age in myself. So I, I can really feel the pain there. Yeah. Oh man. And uh, anyway, so I, I don't think you're going to see recruits do it next year. Unless they've got some NCAA problems, I don't think that's going to be a realistic uh, possibility. But anyways, moving on, uh, some good discussion. Right before we go to the break, I don't think we've had the chance to talk about Uval's basketball jerseys. My girlfriend texted in the show, said she hated them, didn't like them at all. Didn't yeah. like them one bit. My uh, first impression was that they looked like a, a big maxi dress with a, a, a wide belt around it. I just <laughs> it looked kind of silly. I like the shorts by themselves, but I just don't like how they come together with the the jerseys but then again i'm not the one making the, the decisions at adidas i like the jersey here's what i like about the jerseys i like the the jersey tops themselves kind of typical louisville jerseys that they've had for the past few years i, I like the shorts they've got the big cardinal bird on it i like that I, I think that's a good look it's got red trim around it it's got a it's got a red waistband which i like all that if you kept it at that with the white jerseys that's a good look but instead you go and make the red trim which has a black outlining so, you know, you can see just where the waistband is, but it extends past that for maybe four more inches right down to where your butt starts. It might work. Why? Well, I, I just don't get why you, why you keep, continue that red to go there. And it does look like you're just wearing this oversized belt. I don't necessarily get why. Uh, I've actually worn a UofL jersey that was, believe it or not, I was actually in a rallies commercial with Rick Pitino the same year that the whole Cypher thing went down. Um, wearing, I can't remember what the, the player's name was. I'll have to look that up. But uh, were, that was probably my favorite UofL jersey. I, I do kind of remember this now that you say this. It aired It aired because um, I'm, I'm a staunch UK fan, but it aired 
at uh, the Yum Center over the big screen of me pouring a uh, Gatorade thing on some rally's employee and then Rick Patino showing up and I had people calling me left and right asking if that was me or not. I, I got to get more details about this <laughs> about this commercial uh, about this rally's that we're going to head to a commercial break. We'll come back. We'll hear more about this. We'll talk a little bit about Vandy in Kentucky. Vandy's got some quarterback problems that I'll discuss. Uh, and then we're going to be out of time. This hour goes by way too quick. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Brandy, did you see the video in South Carolina of the cop that shot that guy at the gas station? I've not seen that. I, I guess should, I, I should have I should have shown it to you over the break. Uh, it was it's on Deadspin. It's been making the rounds. Yates, did you see it? I did. Yes, unfortunately. It, it, that's unfortunately is the right word. So I'll, I'll kind of run okay. it by you, Brundy, and, and also for the folks that are listening that don't know. So there was a traffic stop in South Carolina at a gas station. Yates, if I say anything wrong, don't feel free to or feel free to interrupt me and tell me. Uh, so they stop a traffic stop. Supposedly this uh, African American is not wearing his seatbelt. Gets pulled over and gets out of the car which is a big no-no for police. So he, wasn't, he wasn't asked to. Okay. He, he was not asked to, but he got okay. out of the car. He might have, and he asked really what was going on, and uh, the cop says, can you get your ID for me? The cop's actually okay with him being out of the car, but he says, can you get your ID for me? And the guy kind of, the, the cop later describes him as diving headfirst into the car to get his ID. That's far from the truth. What is the, but he did kind of go quickly. Quick. It was it wasn't slow, but it wasn't super quick. Uh, but he, it, I mean, I'll, I'll demonstrate for you here. It was like yeah, it, it wasn't. Quicker than it normal. wasn't okay. Yes, sir. Here I go. But it was kind of like he looked panicked and wanted to be like, yeah, I'll get my ID. Like, sure, okay, right. here I go. So he goes to get his ID, and from me, about ten feet away, the cop starts freaking out and saying, "Put your hands in the air." What are you doing? Yelling, and this all happens really fast. So obviously, the the guy that got pulled over is freaking out too, and he doesn't know what's going on. Right. So he's still getting his ID and moving maybe a little bit faster now because he's scared. The cop pulls out his gun, and just starts firing, and, and shoots the 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 window, and, and um, I guess gets the guy in the leg is what the what the guy who was shot was said. And the guy who shot just like what? What are you doing? Like why am I being? Why am I being shot? And it's it's a very frantic moment. Uh, uh, not a good look for this police officer. Police officer, I think, instantly realizes he's made a mistake. Right. He tells the guy to get on the ground. Says, "Were you hit?" Uh, the guy says, "Yes." They call an ambulance. He just tells him to stay calm. At that point, he starts calming him down and, and telling him why, like what what happened. I, I do feel a little bit sorry for this cop, and I think I'm in the minority feeling that way because now he's I, already been charged. Uh, he will never be another. He will never be a police officer again, and now this video is going out. He's lucky that nothing more serious, more serious happened, and obviously I feel bad for the guy who got shot. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and you get shot. Well, but, I, have a, I have a good friend who, who's a cop, went to UK with us, and he's a cop in Roanoke, Virginia, and I've asked him, asked him this countless times about how to best deal with a traffic stop, and 
just allowing the officer to know that you're not up to anything and like asking permission to do things and moving slowly and deliberately is it helps put the cops mind at ease. And I think that, I mean, it's a two way street with this, this South Carolina video. I haven't seen it, but it sounds like the guy moved too fast and maybe just wasn't knowledgeable about that. Uh, but the cop thought something more was going on than actually was and maybe acted a bit too hastily. So I, I, it's a shame both ways. He, he definitely acted too quick and, and made a big mistake. Uh, his mindset had to probably be rather be safe than sorry. Yes. Uh, yes. You, you know, you obviously don't want to get shot yourself. Right. But in that situation, you'll see it and you'll say, yeah, that was that was out of line. Uh, but it wasn't I mean it was a mistake. Uh, well, with everything going on with the whole Ferguson issue, you're you're going to see uh, no sympathy on the side of the police, I think, in this situation. So I think that if this video had come out before that or, or not around a situation like that, the, the backlash would have been less less so, but it's unfortunate either way. Yeah, it hasn't been a good month for police. No. Yates, have I ever told my, my police story on here? I, I can't remember if I have or not because, remember, I've got a mind of a 70-year-old. Not that I recall. I won't say that you definitely haven't, but I don't remember it. Okay, well, I'll tell it again, and I'll try to make it quick. So I'm coming, I think I have, but no, we'll tell it again. Coming back from Nashville, went to a Vandy UK game with my friend. This was in 2010, uh, the first Calipari year playing at Nashville, and that game's always really fun down there. We're coming back, and we're just uh, a few miles from the Kentucky state line. And my buddy wanted to stay the night in Nashville. It was a 6 o'clock game. The game was over at 8. There's no point in staying the night in Nashville. We weren't 21. We couldn't go out. So I wanted to get home. Uh, so we're, we're leaving, and we're just a few miles from the Kentucky state line, and we get pulled over. Uh, the cop came out of nowhere. We had no idea where he was. My friend was driving. He was going about 95, which is way too fast. The cop pulls him over, and I guess this is the first time my friend has ever been uh, pulled over. Clay B116 says, yes, I have. But I maybe have just told that to you, Clay B116, personally. But my, my friend gets pulled over. Uh, he's shaken. He's obviously really scared. He's never been pulled over before. Cop says, you have your insurance, uh, you know, and license and registration and all that good stuff. Uh, he's looking at his glove box. He can't find his insurance or he can't find one of the things. And the cop says, well, you all keep looking for it. Uh, he tells me, he's, he says, you keep looking for it and uh, I'll be right back. So I'm look, he's looking for it. I'm looking for it. I open the glove box. I'm looking for it. And all of a sudden I hear a tap on my side of the window and I jump like a little girl because I was so scared. I didn't know where, who it was, where they came from, how long they'd been there. Mm -hmm. I rolled down the window and the cop says, you know how long I've been standing here? And I was, said, no, sir. And he said, long enough to see you hide your stuff. Get out of your car. Uh, get out of the car. And I was like, you told us to keep looking for his insurance. And the cop says, no, I, I, I saw the whole thing. Get out of, your, get out of the car. So we, get out of the, we have to get out of the car. Uh, they search us, which I don't know if they were legally allowed to do. Search us, say that they're bringing a canine to check out the car because they think drugs are in there. They ask Luke, at that, or my buddy, a thousand times Luke, uh, if he has anything in the car. He keeps saying no. The cops go away, and I look at him. I'm like, do you have anything? You better not have anything. He says that he doesn't. I believe him. They bring canines. They check out the car. Nothing pops up. Nothing shows up on uh, my buddy's background. Nothing shows up on my background. They let us go, and then they have the audacity when we're leaving say, we just wanted to teach you guys a little lesson and, and how to act when cops come around because if the Kentucky cops would have gotten you, you'd be spending the night in jail. Sounds like they were covering their, their bus. Oh, on they that definitely one. were. They were they were hoping so bad to find something. They they saw two 18, 19 year old <laughs> kids and they were just hoping so bad to get something. And then just the way they ended it was saying, You're so lucky that if the Kentucky guys would have gotten you, they would have sent you put you the night in jail for 
for what? We didn't have <laughs> We didn't do anything. Seems we didn't have legit. anything for speeding. Seems legit. Uh, and he did get a speeding ticket, so they, yeah. they still got us. Um, anyways, we're running out of time. Just Again, an hour is not enough. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Brundy, thank you again for Appreciate being in the studio. It. It's been a pleasure. Any other time we can get you in, I'd be more than happy Absolutely. to have you. So, Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back live from Oxmoor tomorrow. Make sure you come out and see us then. This is 1450 The Sports Buzz. They say welcome to the 502. Take the Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oak Caprice Classics, Pink Kentucky Blue. They say don't forget 270 over here.